Welcome to the Pet Pals TV Podcast, a celebration of the bond between people and their pets, featuring your kitty correspondent, KJ. Welcome to another podcast. My name is KJ. You see me on Pet Pals TV as the kitty correspondent, and I am always excited when my friend Nathan joins us because he is uh, so passionate and so knowledgeable about dogs and helping people really have a better relationship with them. Nathan, would you uh, tell everybody uh, right off the bat uh, who you are and where they can find you? Because by the time we get into this conversation, <laughs> they're going to want to know where to find you. Yes, absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me, KJ. I always, always, always look forward to this. It's Great going back and forth, dogs, cats, and your expertise. I've learned a lot from you, and I always look forward to that part of podcasting with you. So my name is Nathan Lowe. I'm known as the Indie Dog Whisperer here in Indiana, and you can find me at IndieDogWhisperer.com, and my Facebook page has tons of videos and other media on it, and that is the Indie Dog Whisperer on Facebook. Um, you can email me at IndieDogWhisperer@gmail.com. but between everything there, you'll be able to find me. And I appreciate so much seeing your videos. It's it's nice to follow along with Nathan's Facebook page because it's uh, it's it's very interactive, and I, I appreciate that your clients are so open to sharing their dog stories. And yes, absolutely. You know, that, you know I mean that it, it just it's it's nice to see, and it's nice to see like where they were and 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 where they've ended up because you worked with them. Uh, it's so thank you very much. I do encourage everyone to, I always enjoy seeing Nathan's posts. He's uh, somebody that you want in your newsfeed for sure, because not only is it educational, but you start to get a little attached to these, these dogs that Nathan is helping live better lives. Let's imagine my plight getting attached to all of them, 10 I, to 12 a week. I have, oh a, I have a real problem. I'm a serial <laughs> dogger. <laughs> Uh, well, and I, I, I will uh, tell you, Nathan, I, we've talked before on the show uh, and what we're going to be talking about, um, if you're you know, just tuning in, like, what's the show even going to be? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about because I'm, I'm deep into uh, what we call kitty season. Um, a lot of people adopting new kittens right now. And I, I wanted to get Nathan's thoughts on, you know, adopting new puppies and, and really setting yourself up for a good relationship with them. Uh, but to follow up with you, Nathan, because I've told you about my friends who have the wolf dog and yes. and they got a, a husky puppy and, mm. uh, you know, like right before everything shut down last year it was, you know, their COVID and they were so concerned about what their socialization was going to be like when they started bringing people over. Uh. And I, al I almost think it was a, a good thing because I don't know that they would have worked as hard to socialize their dogs good point very but good point over the 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 course of the last year the change in these dogs and they follow you and they watch the videos and they get the information where I'm like, you know, like talking to them about rank and I showing them like, this is how I'm going to be. And your dog's not going to jump on me anymore. And went yes. over this past weekend and they are just lovely, happier, well-adjusted. Oh, that is great to hear. Dogs. No, I mean, even they were, you know, the, the owners were shocked. They were like, Oh, She's not jumping on you. Oh my gosh, we've been <laughs> working awesome. so hard that we didn't know if she was uh, listening. And it's like, 
look at this like that they're happier awesome. we're happier i'm not yes. being attacked by a, a wolf <laughs> that's right <laughs> he was yeah. always happy to see me but i didn't know how to teach him like boundaries. i'm tiny right yes. like we got to have boundaries because you can hurt me. So. That's exactly right. Um, and just yeah. and just to interject in that, I, I'd say that I have seen tiny chihuahuas um, keep massive pit bulls at base. So it's not a matter of size. It's a matter of assertiveness. You can be a little five foot nothing um, gal, just you know, 90 pounds, and you can back off a dog if you come assertively at them. So just I just don't want people to feel disempowered by size. It really doesn't have to do with size as much as assertiveness. Those size can be an initial advantage. If you're assertive, a dog will listen. Well, and that was, you know, the first time I did it, I was like, please don't be upset, but I'm going to kind of like lean into your dog. Like, no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Puts I'm a whole new spin on leaning. Yeah. <laughs> this is an all new aggressive KJ here. Like I, I promise right. you this is gonna pay off. Like he's gonna figure out that yeah. he, this we don't have to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're gonna your husband's gonna be like, I you know, I'd like you to stop taking advice from that guy. You've turned into just a different person here at home. <laughs> Slamming stuff, <laughs> making me move out of my seat. <laughs> right? <laughs> you tell, but Nathan, I think Nathan said that the dog's not supposed to be in the bed. Not yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I think not I still me. get to be in the yeah. bed. <laughs> can I be on the couch? I can have an elevated space, right? <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, Nathan, I'm excited to get into this topic yeah, with you. Um, absolutely. You know, and I was curious because, you know, I, I do as a, you know, as someone who works in the cat world, I do try to get people to understand there's an idea that this is kitten season. And while we do have more kittens, it, you know, in the spring, you ask anyone who's working in, in the shelters, it's always kitten season. Um, mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, my, my next story on Pet Pals TV will be following a rescue that happened in February of six kittens and a mother right before the, the big snowstorm hit on Valentine's day. So there were huh. kittens in February. There are kittens in May. There are kittens all the time, but uh, more people tend to think spring is a big time. And so they'll, you know, they'll go out and get their uh. new kitten. And so I want, I wanted to kind of throw out some things that if you are the person who's getting a new kitten right now, some things that you need to know. Um, but before I do that, is there anything similar Nathan, is there like puppy season or a time when people are adopting more puppies? You know, it's funny. I think that's where it kind of differs. I have not seen, you know, I learned that from a friend of mine that this is like kitten season. I had no idea there was such a thing because people, I think when I see people motivated to get a puppy, it's often um, because of either an emotional need they have for a sense of happiness or joy or to bring some kind of life into the space or it's not a promise to a child. I, I think I see more of it like Christmas time is when I see wow. a lot of that as a gift. So I, it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to kind of explore a little the difference in the psychology behind why people get puppies and why people get cat kitties. And is it different? And for me, I have seen that it really is related to something emotional uh, as far as the all oh, factor, let's bring that in the house mm -hmm. um, when you get a puppy. And so, and actually that is where the trouble begins. And so that I know that's not going to be popular to say, but I can explain myself <laughs> if you let me So. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, that's why we're here to talk. And I, I, I feel like there are some similarities, you know, regardless of the, the psychology and the motivation, 
there are similarities in that there are things that you can do right away with your kitten or your puppy that will make your relationship better. And if you do them right away, then you're not as likely to need someone like exactly uh, like Nathan or myself to come in later and be like, now we have to change something. It's right. easier to start in the beginning with That's this right. is how we're going to live together. And That's then exactly. everybody's happier. So what are some of those things with a, with a puppy that you want people to know right away? You do this, these things. Yes. This is uh, well, going to help you in the long run. And I couldn't concur with you more. The idea is that if you start the puppy outright with just some basic stuff that is kind of in keeping with their species, kind of what they would get from their mom as far as some boundaries. And the idea is <clears throat> we need to create an environment for that puppy that is as close, closely approximates what their parents would create for them. And that's what they're going to be the most peaceful around. So the number one problem I see when people get puppies is they carry them around. I say four on the floor is the rule. Your puppy should be on the floor. That's where they should live. You, you need to go down to your puppy to interact, but don't pick your puppy up. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is when you pick a puppy up, you place them in a dominant, at a dominant height. And so they begin to learn life at a height that is above children, above other, some other adults, head level, at least with most adults, and over the top of any other dogs you might have in the home. That is not a good idea because the other dogs, in fact, I have clients that when they pick their puppy up, the other dogs crowd around their legs and get all excited. They jump at the puppy. Well, that's a normal response to a puppy being put in a dominant position. So that's not something you want to do. Puppy needs to learn life on the ground and you interacting with them in that way. Then they'll put the puppy in their lap. Well, that's claiming they're actually putting the puppy in a claiming position on them. And that's, again, not something you want to teach the puppy from the beginning is that it claims you. Now, tiny, tiny puppies, yeah, they'll wander up on their mom while they're nursing. That's one thing. I'm not talking about when they kind of stagger around when they're small. I'm talking when they're old enough to be mobile and kind of walk around. They shouldn't be on top of you. They just should not be on top of you. You're giving them the wrong idea from day one. And these are things that are really hard for people because they're just so, you know, goo goo gaga about the puppy. And I get it. I, I, I feel it too. I just learned not to act on that because of what it creates later. Right. So, um, and for someone who maybe uh, isn't familiar with the term, which is something that, you know, it is a, a, a natural instinct for a dog, someone might be thinking, well, I want my dog to claim me as theirs. What do you say to that? Well, <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's one thing. I, I, I say that quietly. Um, what I say out loud is the problem with claiming is that when a dog becomes possessive of you, at that point, they really are not interested in socialization with anything that comes into your space. So the illustration I use is if you have a child who has a favorite toy and he has friends coming over, he or she, they do not want that toy out in the public space. They will want that put up. And if one of their parents says, no, we're going to leave that out for everyone to play with, they're panicked. And all they can think about when friends come over is, I need to guard this toy because they don't really, really don't want anybody touching it. So they won't socialize properly. They don't care to integrate. They're not as nice to their friends as they should be because all they can think about is my toy, my toy, my toy, don't touch my toy. Dogs do the same thing when they claim you. So when you come in, a very submissive dog won't be aggressive, but they still will interfere. So if you go to interact, a dog may interject themselves between you 
and a guest that comes over. Just shove their body in between. A dominant dog will try to chase the person out if they react to it. So you can't claiming, honestly, KJ, I have been put in the most dangerous positions because of claim, because a, a client allowed a dog in a claiming position on the bed and the dog went after me to the point that if I had not had them on a leash, I would have probably been hospitalized. Wow. So it's that important with a dominant dog, especially with a submissive dog, it's more, they just won't listen to you. Okay. If you allow them in a claiming position, they have no reason to listen to you because they rank you. So when you say, hey, blah, blah, that just act like you're not there. And that's another big problem that people come to me with. So what should, what are the things that a puppy understands that you can do with them to show affection? Like if you're, I think people think like I'm picking them up and I'm telling them that they right. love them and I'm putting them right. up. So if we're not doing that, like what are the things that we should do with a so, puppy. Exactly. So first, I think it's important to clarify what a puppy's needs are. So when you see their mother and how their mother interacts with them, there is definitely touch. But remember, dogs don't pet each other. Okay, that's a human thing to do. So that is something we've devised. And the reason they enjoy petting, especially the face, is because they groom each other. They lick each other's eyes, ears. And mom does that to them since the time they're little. So it is good to put pet over a puppy's face and do it. That, that is very comforting to them. But it's important that the physical interaction you're having with a puppy is on terms of still you being an authority, right? Not them sitting on top of your chest or sitting on top of your lap while you do this. Now what you're doing is you're actually giving them a sense of their rank while you give them affection. Dogs don't strictly look they don't look for love like we do they're not love driven it's the affection of how we describe it is bonding so the okay. pack bonds based on scent so they do want to be close to you that's a normal thing for a dog you should allow that but not in a way that is disrespectful or claiming to you if that makes sense yes absolutely so lay on the floor i spent tons of time on the floor with puppies like i'm rarely in a couch when i work i'm on the ground all the time People probably think I was nuts. I'm crawling around the ground, playing with them on the ground, laying on the ground, napping with them. Lots yeah, of that is, I'll, I'll tell you, Nathan, that is a, a, you know, a great segue over to the cat world because that's yes. one of the number one things that I tell people is like, be on the floor. That's oh, where you, wow. that's where your cats live. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very similar. And there was, there was a study, um, gosh, this was probably 10, 15 years ago that, they did a study on the, the connection between women and cats in particular, because there's, mm. you know, it was the stigma, the crazy cat lady. And oh, yeah, do, I've heard that term. Yeah. And, and, and do cats like women better? Mm. And what they found is that part of the reason that women and cats bond mm. more than men and cats is because women sit on the floor more often uh. with their cats. That's so wild. You know, KJ, you know why that is interesting to me is because my friend of mine, a uh, gal, she has a cat and that thing loved me to death. And she said, man, that cat really likes you, but I would lay on the floor and it would sit on my chest. I would play with it on the floor. I did tons of floor stuff with that cat. I would sit on the floor, lay on the floor all the time when I was over there. So yeah. that just answered that answered that for me. I didn't realize that. 
Yeah, they're they are because of that, you know, that that predator prey balance that they work in, mm. you standing over them, picking them up, doing anything that makes them feel vulnerable is not good for their relationships. So same thing. When someone's like, "Can I pick your cat up?" No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you can leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I did have there is a, a breed called Ragdoll that yes. is a, a wonderful breed, and they will. I we had a, a Ragdoll mix, and she would actually beg to be picked up. Like she was oh, like, no. pe- like pick me up and carry me around because you are my peasant, and I should not have to walk myself oh. somewhere. <laughs> um, but uh, outside of that breed. Um, the cats are, they, they exist on the ground. And part of the reason they want things to climb on is because it's, it's safe for them to get higher than you and look down. But if you're going to bond with them and show them that you're safe, be where they are, be on the ground, like play with your toy, get eye level, do exactly what you're talking about, Nathan. I literally lay on the floor as low as I can to get my eyes lower than theirs, or at least equal. That's cool. I did yeah. not know that. I, I'm going to utilize that going forward. That's yeah. really interesting. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very helpful. And it, like I said, it all kind of stemmed from I'd always, I don't know, I just, I'd always done it. But then when the study came out, I really started observing and encouraging women and men, like, get down. <laughs> get low. Yeah. <laughs> you see a cat, get on the ground. <laughs> low, low, low. Yeah, that's right. So why, why do you think it, why do you think it is that women tend to, is it the, is it just um, the relational part of them that goes down to meet something? Why do you think men do, don't tend to do that as much? You know, I, w- I guess I would be guessing at it, but yeah. I, I think part of our, nature is a little more we're a little more nourish, uh, nurturing yes, and, and men, right men are used to i mean especially if you're used to being around dogs exactly what you said you have to make sure that you are over the dog that the dog knows where they stand with you where a relationship with a cat is a little bit different you do mm. need to make sure that they understand that this is your house and they are living in it but when you make them feel safe and they know that you are not a predator you're, yes. on, you're on their level and they feel safe around you, they're going to have the behaviors that you want them to have wow. because they realize this is a relationship. So yeah, I, I, that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to men and women and why that was such a prominent factor in, in, in cat and human relationships is that women just tend to, you know, it's, it's a little more of a, a nurturing, which in learning from you, some of the behaviors I've had with cats, I've changed with dogs, like mm. even knowing that my voice is not necessarily going to intimidate a dog, right? Like that the fact that my voice has a higher pitch yes. puts me at a, a disadvantage from yes. someone who has a, a more booming voice in dog yes. world, right? Yes, yes, I would say that's true. But your body language is the most important. Um, if you are assertive in the way you're standing and kind of leaning toward a dog will read that more than your vocal. I mean, I've seen dogs that can back other dogs off with no sound at all, not growling or anything. So, but it is, you're right. If you do vocalize, it is much more um, arresting for a dog. If it is a low in the growl range, for sure. Absolutely. So when I say, Hey, to a dog like that, rather than, Hey, right. Yeah, there would be a difference in the dog's ears. but And that's one of the things I've been doing around the wolf dog instead of being like, hey, buddy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> has he, has he, have you seen a difference in his response to you? Yeah, yeah it was. It's been a huge difference just in yeah. the, the body language and just knowing, like, I mean, it makes sense. Like, why am I like, yeah, I'm so happy to see you too. And woo, like, all that's doing is like encouraging this behavior. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that I want to calm down. <laughs> right. That's right. And that's the loops that people get their dogs and they'll say, hey, but stop it, stop it, stop it. Hey, how is your dog? Don't, don't, don't. Well, and I say, well, you're lighting the fuse though. So mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you know, light the fuse and then say, stop, stop, quick, quick, quick. Well, you kind of pull the trigger on that behavior. So, and, and one thing, KJ, I do want to mention is that, and I don't know how this works with cats um, as far as different temperaments of cats, but if you have a puppy that is really, really hesitant, really nervous, all that, it is important to modify your behavior. You you may need to get yourself down more often to where you're not towering over, you're not overcorrecting because a dog that's really sensitive, a puppy that's sensitive, um, you do have to, now you don't want to baby talk them, but you need to have softer approach, get a little lower because if you tower over a puppy that is already nervous, you can send them into a place that's hard for them to recover from as far as getting frozen up. Yeah, so, that, very yeah. similar with with cats. If we hmm. we actually have right now, I'm so proud of her. One of um, one of the members of uh, KJ's Cat Club, uh, which is sort of the place where I have lots of resources, and it's a great community uh, supporting people as we you know decode the cat language, which can be so complicated sometimes. Uh, but she. She has a uh, she has a dog and a cat, and they just adopted two kittens from. It's ac- actually from the kittens that I helped rescue in wow. February, uh, oh. and and they were very very timid kittens. As a matter of fact, the one that they adopted, they were planning on just adopting one, and the other one had been so timid, so afraid, and just really not socializing well. And when they went to meet the the other kitten this one rolled over and and showed his belly wow. to the to the man and it was like uh he's choosing you yeah. <laughs> like, wow. that is a very clear like their belly is the most vulnerable thing a cat when a cat rolls over and and shows you their belly they do not want you to touch it they're showing you that they know you're not going to hurt them that's, that is really something. That is the message because that is their that is their most vulnerable uh, part of their body. So, um, I'm I'm actually so proud of them because the biggest thing we see and it's so so different from from the dog world is that cats are not social animals. Yeah. Um, you know they're meant to nurse from their mother and then go off and and have a pretty solitary life. Hmm. And so in bringing them into a, a socialization situation, especially when it's clear that they, that, that it is not in their DNA, that they haven't had enough human exposure for whatever reason for their DNA to like kick in and be like, humans are, are, are good. You have to go so slow with them. And this is true even of the, the most outgoing kitten. When you come home, and this is the thing, Nathan, like that I will cringe when I hear 
So I, I say, someone's like, this is going on, or I don't know what to do, or they're so scared and they're hiding, or they're, my one cat just is like so upset and he chases them every time you see them. And I say, did you keep them separate when you brought them home? Like, did the new kitten go into a room by themselves? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so you expose them to territorial behavior from the other cat. Is that what happened? Yeah. And so uh, the thing is that because cats are not designed to live in packs, they're not pack animals. They're not social animals. Their main response to a new cat is to chase them out of their territory. Get the heck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? This is my land. This is where I get the I mice. See. I get the foods. I and, and for female cats, believe it or not, they can be even more territorial because even though you have them spayed, that you can't tell them that they've got permanent birth control. They are still defending a space to have kittens. Their, is that right? Their wow. entire lives. That's fascinating. Right. Like think about it. They're not like, oh, well, I got spayed. So now I don't have to worry about it. They're still ready at any time to have a safe space to have kittens. Wow. Um, and so while males have territorial issues and you hear more about marking and stuff, hmm. you also will see more aggressive behavior from a female just because she may have that very strong instinct that I need to protect this area that I have claimed because my kittens will be safe. That, that uh, is so fascinating. Why, KJ, why do you think that? So it, it must not be chemically related. It's just hardwired into their DNA because yeah. obviously they're, they're, they can't have kittens. You would think that would cut off the, but somehow it's still in the brain. Then would that be just, yeah, that, that will always be there for them? Yes, it will. It will always be there. And, and, you know, I think, you know, all cats and just like all dogs are different that some are going to feel that more. Some of them, if you don't know where they came from and they didn't from a, come from a, a, a mother that was, you know, domesticated and has had domestication in the DNA for a long time, they're going to have yes. different responses. Um, I could do a whole, like, just share a whole case study with you on when my sister moved here with hmm four cats that she had rescued from Mexico wow. and the difference in the domestication just because they were, I mean, it, Mexico, it's rare to have cats. And so these cats truly came from living outdoors, bred over and over in an outdoor mentality, in a, in a survival mode. And they were just, I mean, there were things that I'm like, I got nothing. I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> There's little tigers in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh my gosh, this is, it was fascinating to see. Like, I had not thought about the fact that the, when it clicked with me, I'm like, these cats are not along the path of cats that live in America that you, have been you know, more that domesticated. Is, that's right. And, you know, I see the same thing with dogs from other countries. I worked with a dog from um, Guatemala and I worked with a dog from a Haiti. And mm -hmm. they act very, very different than American dogs. It, it, it is, it is a, it is a demeanor of. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but they are more kind of um, wolf-like in their senses being tuned. It's, yes. it's, and they're quieter. Yeah, there's a quiet to them. It's really different. So I, I can attest to the fact that dogs from overseas or dogs from other countries, there is a whole, it, it's just strange to think that our culture actually maybe has imprinted on our dogs. Yes. That's something that's and, really fascinating. And, and fascinating that, that they can have these learned behaviors yes. 
actually programmed into their DNA and yes. passed on as survival skills, right? Yes. Like, it's it's like, unbelievable. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> yes. I know. It's, it's unbelievable. Yes. So a couple of things, like I said, the one thing I just, um, I didn't realize how many people weren't aware and I'm trying to figure out, like I would really like to, even if it's a, a pamphlet or something that I create that I give every single shelter, like, please put this in the hands of every person yes. who adopts. A, or can, yes. No matter, even if you're taking them home to a space where they're going to be an only cat, they have no idea if they're safe there. Please put them in a room by themselves and let them get used to that room and then let yes. them get used to another room. And right now, these kittens I was telling you about that that uh, my friend Michelle has, I mean, she's going on two weeks with these kittens. They just saw her dining room today. And she is putting in the work. And I'm so proud of her because it is work to like move the established cat, and the established dog into another room so that they can get used to the kitten sense and they're not seeing each other. And then the kittens go into another room so that they can get used to it. And she is doing it like so well. These cats, oh, that's wonderful. this family is going to, is, is going to be harmonious. These kittens mm. and this cat and this dog, are, they're, I mean, it, maybe it won't be perfect because you know what? You can have four kids and they, you know, two of them might not like each other. Like that's, that's what right. it is, that's but they right. will know that they share this territory and that they are safe together. And yes. it just takes that work. And I'm amazed at the amount of times. And it honestly breaks my heart thinking at the amount of times that, uh, that a, a, a cat gets returned to a shelter because their cats aren't getting along. And it's like, did you set them up yes. to get along? Did you put them in an environment where they felt safe before they ever even saw each other? Mm. You cannot change that about cats. I mean, maybe thousands of years from now, they will have got it in their DNA to where they're <laughs> more social beings, yes. but they're not right now. And they, why would you bring something home that you want to love and take care of, take care of? and put them in a situation where they are immediately terrified for their lives. Yes, yes. And I see, you know, you helped educate me in that where I just assume that there are some cats that they just want to live in the space, you know, under the dresser. Like I just assume something, but you said, no, 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 that's not, I, I've learned so much from listening to you about when I look at cats now, I see something different. So now I'm going clients home with dogs, watching what their cats do. KJ, you'd be really proud of me. You wouldn't believe how many of my clients have said, oh, so you don't have a cat tree in your living room because <laughs> the cats won't come out. And I said, well, and then I start telling them what you tell me. Well, they can't feel safe unless they're up. And, yeah, well, yeah, well, I guess we could get a tree. So there you go, KJ. Look at us, like you're I mean, an ambassador. It's so funny because you're like, you'd be so proud of me. And every time I'm with a dog, I'm like, Nathan would be so proud of me. Like we're all this mutual pride. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh man. Someday we keep working, Nathan. It's like cats and dogs will be living together happily ever after forever. There we go. Well, I, I love that picture. You know, you use a word that is just that is the key, and you said harmonious. That's the word. That's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for harmony in the home. I've had, you know, people say to me, then why do I have a dog if I have to provide all this? And I say to them, why do you have a dog? Yep. Like, why? Why do you have one? Well, I said, you, it's not fair to a dog to bring them in so you can get all your emotional needs met, regardless of what it costs the dog. Like, if you love a dog, you will give the dog what it needs, even if it doesn't give you a touchy feeling, because that's how kids are raised, too. Uh, you know, I mean, pe parents make decisions for their children 
they don't like to make, but it's for the kids' eventual good. It doesn't give the parent a good feeling. They're like, well, we got to do this. We got to make them do this. And I, I tell people it's the same with a dog or with a puppy. You have to make decisions that will not feel sentimental to you. In fact, you don't want to do, but you say, you know what, for the peace of this animal and for the harmony of our home, and what's best for this dog, this is what we must do. And you will reap the fruit of it later. And you have a harmonious um, energy and a, and, a, and a peace that you couldn't imagine would be possible with another species. And I, you know, I always want to uh, add in, you know, I, I will say to people, because oftentimes they start feeling bad. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. You, right. you know what you know at the time. And then you learn more. And yeah, so that's right. If that's you, right. If you, it's it's okay that you didn't know, but yeah. now you do so you can make those changes and that's and right. And the nice that thing, pet. That's right. And the nice thing about dogs is they don't keep a record of wrongs or perceived wrongs and they just live in the next moment. I tell people you change right now and your dog will respond to your change. Like right now, they don't have a history. Only human beings are foolish enough to do that, to keep yes. a record of wrongs in our head. Animals don't do that. Yes. So they will remember threats to their survival. That is what they're concerned about is harm to them, but they don't keep a record of any kind of psychological or emotional attacks. That's not part of their hardwiring. And I guess in a way they're an example for us of how to let things go. Yeah. Um, and, and truly, I think that that is, you know, for me, even though I, I, you know, you get emotional sometimes when you, yes. when you're having a situation and of like, course your animal is destroying something or not behaving in the way you need it to, you get, you do get frustrated, but it, yes. for me, it, it, it's actually a bit of re relief when I take myself out of it and say, this pet is not a jerk. This yes. pet is crying right. for help. That's right. Like, literally, I might not like how they're communicating with me, <laughs> but it's literally the only way they know how to tell me that something is wrong Yes. and I need to help them. That's right. I, so, I, I couldn't agree more with that. That's absolutely the case. So I would, I, you know, I, I appreciate so much that you are out there, like I said, helping, helping dogs and now helping cats like you are. And I'm doing the same. Like we're, we're yes, that's right. pretty soon we're going to have each other's professions. I'm going to be end up working with cats and you with dogs. Say, what happened? We just switched spots. I know. So, I'll be like, man, I love working with dogs. What was I doing I all these years? I'm going to be crawling around the floor with about 12 cats in my house. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I would love if we got to the point where both of us were helping both dogs and cats. I would love that too. Um, and so, who knows in our future, you never know. There may be, there may, I, I've thought about that. I think there's, there's strength in dogs and cats are the common pets in yes. America. And so there's power in people understanding, you know, uh, it, sometimes people have dogs and they say, I'd like to get a cat, but we're not sure how, or they have cats. I think we're thinking of getting a dog. We're not sure if the dog's going to chase the cat. It's like the staple pets, dogs and cats and home. So, yes. you know, and KJ, if I can, do you mind if I mention just really quickly um, in relationship to the nurture thing? Um, I, I have learned a friend of mine has been really helpful to me in this. Um, you mentioned the nurture element, especially that women have, and I find they are the most frustrated and in pain related to not being able to help their pet. And the phases I asked my friend, she struggled when I first came in, they had a six month old uh, spaniel puppy that was guarding food and had bit her mother-in-law and everything else. And 
when I told her what needed to be instituted, she kind of looked at me like, well, that is that not loving her? Well, she was a little taken aback. Well, she got to the point now after following through where that dog respects her more than her husband. She has complete respect from that dog. And that dog will listen to anything she asks, no behavioral issues, nothing. And I said, Melissa, what happened? How'd you do that? Like, how'd you go help me understand how to help my female clients? And she said, here was the stages I went through. One is I had to realize my instinct to nurture was wrong when it came to dogs. That was first. Second, she said, I had to go through a guilt phase that I hadn't done what was right by my dog, even though I didn't mean to. Once I got past that, I had to see I had the power to do what you told me without you present and the results would be the same. And when she went through those three stages, she was victorious and that dog respects her and they have a team camaraderie relationship, but that dog definitely sees her as the mama leader in that home. And I love that. And I love how she broke that down for me. So that's been key for me in helping my female clients. Yeah. And I, 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 it's interesting you say that because I, I've been, I have been in all of those phases. Hmm. I, <laughs> Part of the reason that I can help you with your cat is because chances are whatever you're struggling with, I've been in the same place and went, yes. I'm, what do I do? And oh my gosh, I'm so yep. frustrated. And then I'm so guilty because I'm failing this cat. Right. You know, like all of those right. things. Yep, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. And I, th I think just, you know, I think sometimes I, I don't know, this could apply to everybody. Women don't give themselves enough grace. You know, it's like, you're working hard. You have a lot of layers in your life um, between your kids, sometimes a husband, work, everything that's going on. Know that your dog's giving you grace and just be the leader the dog needs. The dog's not going to feel bad because you didn't know what to do. The dog just living moment to moment and you change and the dog will change too, but feel easy on yourself. You know, it, it's okay. Absolutely. And that, you know, Nathan, the goal for I think both you and I ultimately is, is, is the harmony. Yes. That's what we're trying to help with. And, right. um, and goal number two is that if we, if we are able to create more harmony, help spread more, you know, valuable information to set yes. people up for success, less pets at end up back in the shelter. Absolutely. That is, that is my goal is to see so few dogs in the shelter because no one's turning them in. Exactly. Like, I'll, I'll feel like hopefully I, you know, you and I both can make um, a contribution toward that end. That's what, that's my hope. Me too. Well, it's always uh, an absolute joy to have you on the show and any chance I get to talk to you, Nathan. Uh, one more time, can you give out uh, all the ways that, sure. that people can connect with you? Sure, absolutely. So uh, due to just the volume of business I've been doing, I, I have not been able to speak on the phone, though I do have a business phone. It's for emergency purposes. So the quickest way to get a hold of me and I respond rapidly is through Facebook and just click the blue send message button. If you don't have a Facebook uh, feel free to email me at IndieDogWhisperer at gmail.com. And I'm very good at getting back immediately to people. And your website? That is IndieDogWhisperer.com. Fantastic. Well, keep doing right by all those dogs out there. We Absolutely. We, KJ, we and I, I will keep listening and getting educated from you and uh, sending people your way as well. I, I, I love what you do. I love your, um, I just love that you're an ambassador for these cats. And every time I, I see a cat, I see, I think, KJ, KJ, I, 
it's just like, you're, you're like, you're the wonder woman for the cats. It's like, here she comes. I know she can call on her. <laughs> so, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying, man. That's right. You're doing, you're doing an awesome job. I'm, I'm grateful to know you. It's honored to, to know you and to, to speak with you and to, to kind of cross information with each other in order to just cooperatively help people. Well, and I would love to explore, Nathan, when we started uh, doing uh, the, the podcast, having you on, uh, it, obviously it was it was COVID and we had talked about possibly doing some workshops together. Yes. I, I think we're in that space. So I think so. Uh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. So we will uh, have another uh, podcast again soon and certainly have Nathan back to share more of his knowledge. And uh, I'm going to talk to to Nathan after the podcast here about how we can come together and maybe see you in person and help you out with your pets. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can find us on petpalstv.com and you can always see us sharing positive stories of pets by watching Pet Pals TV every week on Wish TV at 1030 on Saturday. Thanks for listening to the Pet Pals TV podcast part of the Just What I Needed Network. For more positively powerful stories of pets, watch Pet Pals TV and visit PetPalsTV.com. And follow KJ for all things cats at KJOnAir.com.